0: Inflation's at what? It's at a 40-year high? We're going to tell you what that means to your life. Stay tuned. You're listening to Financial Sense, Arizona's financial podcast that gives you insights that you could only get from having a friend in the industry. Recorded and brought to you by National Bank of Arizona, the only bank you need. Hello, I'm your host, Brent Cannon, Director of Community Banking here at National Bank of Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're talking about a topic that is certainly top of mind, inflation. Today, we have joining us Anthony Valeri, who's the Director of Investment Management at Zions Bank Corporation. Anthony, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So Anthony, on this podcast, we love to give people insights that they can only get from having a friend in the business. With that, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. So I think we should just start with defining what inflation is and kind of what are the key metrics, statistics, and how it's calculated.
1: Yeah, uh, there's lots of measures of inflation, Brent. Uh, Probably a lot more than people ever thought possible, and my job is to sort through that. The most popular measure is the consumer price index, that's the one that gets quoted most in the media. It tracks a basket of goods and services, so it's not just things you buy, but it's also a service, and it tracks those on a weekly basis from family purchases across the country. It's probably the widest, broadest, and again. Uh, most widely cited measure of inflation. And it'll quote a monthly change and then a year over year change.
0: So where are we? Uh, here we are in, heck, March of 2022. Uh, what's kind of the current rate? I think I saw a January number that's that that's been published, but where are we? Uh, we're, very,
1: we're at a very high level. So, yes, that January number you referenced, 7.5% on an annualized basis. It's the highest since the early 1980s. Certainly gotten a lot of attention, uh, and it is, it is an issue. Uh, it is likely to remain high. The Russia-Ukraine conflict is throwing a, a, a few more question marks into how long this inflation persists, whether it will go even higher. Uh, but, yes, uh, that is it's, a, it's at a high watermark for sure
0: one of the one of the things i've read and heard and, and I, I suspect a lot of our listeners probably have too is this this idea or this debate but you know is the inflationary transitory which in my mind means short-term you know moving through transitory or is it systemic uh, or maybe a combination of both and you know uh, let's start with this this concept of it being transitory and then also if you could hit on this, Demand pull, cost push idea of inflation? Sure. So, I, you know, the idea of
1: transitory, thankfully, the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve, uh, Fed Chairman Powell threw that out the window uh, late summer, early fall of 2021 when it became apparent that it wasn't transitory and that inflation was going to continue to accelerate. Uh, I, you know, to the extent it is, uh, I don't see this as a return to the 1970s by any stretch. Uh, inflation will remain elevated but it is expected to come down so if your view of transitory is a deceleration by late 2022 then i say yes inflation will come down the expectation broadly on wall street was for that measure to come down to two and a half percent but there's good reason to debate whether it actually would fall that far i don't think it will and now with this russia ukraine conflict it'll probably stay higher than that in fact you may even see a peak March, April, as opposed to what I would have originally thought probably peak early in 2022. Uh, So it's likely to persist. The other element that is somewhat not transitory is that the housing market has been so strong. Rents remain very elevated. Those types of inputs into the inflation calculation are likely to be more persistent and not come back down. Uh, There's a low interest rate component to that as well. But the gains in the uh, in it, in that housing component are starting to spread to other metrics. And it's a sign that this inflation is getting is remaining sticky. So uh, right. I think it'll stay higher and won't fall as far in 2022, but high level. Yes, it will decelerate here, likely over the course of the year.
0: Talk about the demand. I think it's the demand pool inflation, especially given the pandemic, this pent up demand that occurred that the in the supply chain, uh, Talk kind of how those factors really, uh, you know, impacted this this inflation rate, if you could.
1: Sure. And I'll, I'll probably take a step back. The uh, You reference a key point is inflation demand pull or what we call cost push. In the 1970s, it was cost push. It was high commodity prices, oil that really pushed through to higher inflation. Uh, we now in today's economy, the energy intensity or usage here in the United States is only about 40% of what it was in the 70s so energy is a much smaller impact uh, in the economy and therefore not going to be a big driver longer term of inflation really what we saw was a demand pull very strong demand and you think about the pandemic uh, hospitality leisure really hit hard but the rest of the economy after just a you know short uh, distraction began with business as as usual. So a good part of the economy really wasn't impact. That's not to diminish the impact on some of those sectors. Uh, But large portions of the economy came away unscathed. At the same time, you had record government stimulus. You had the Fed slash interest rates. All of that money ended up boosting consumer savings. So there was this strong demand component. And during the pandemic, you couldn't really spend on certain things so that those savings stuck around and has led to very strong demand the other aspect uh, and there's two more components one is the supply shortages as we tried to reopen the economy that led to higher prices and the labor force really hasn't grown in the US immigration has been uh, really fallen off part of that is due to the pandemic part of that's also due to government policies and we just don't have enough workers so all of that leading to higher wages which is fueling that higher demand Creating uh, that inflation, so it, it's a complex issue uh, that is getting better. Uh, those supply shortages are are falling, are, are coming off from the data that we follow. But yes, this is going to
0: persist. Brian. So, Anthony, that was great. So now we're probably going to further complicate the, the 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 point or the the subject of inflation and. Uh, we we'll talk about systemic and some of the tools that are at the Fed's uh, Federal Reserve's, uh, you know, in their tool belt to handle this. And, and just for listeners, you know, when we talk about the Federal Reserve, their two mandated objectives are to, I think, uh, uh, maintain uh, employment. And 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 maintain price stability, which that's the subject of of really our discussion today, inflation. So, if you would talk a little bit about how you see the Fed's role. Um, again, uh, we're coming out of a period where we had unprecedented spending uh, to address uh, the coronavirus, COVID, and and its impact on the economy. Uh, but also the, you know, we've been in this long period of quantitative easing, which I know, again, I don't want to get too complicated, but it's important, I think, as in the Fed's role in inflation. So with that, systemic, love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, on the, on the Fed's role, they are a little late to the party uh, and uh, have to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, the Fed wanted to do everything in its power to support the economy and bring it back from COVID. The response was tremendous. They did what they should have done. I think you have to give them many kudos in that regard. Uh, And in 2021, just slow to recognize that inflation was going to be persistent. And through the first part of 2022, it was still buying bonds to help keep rates low, which is really amazing when you think about it, despite the talk of of an interest rate hike coming. Uh, So in the first quarter, we should see the first interest rate hike. Uh, the Fed's expected to raise rates a few times throughout 2022, uh, four to five times. Let's just say that could change, uh, but that is the primary mechanism by which they will try to slow down inflation, raise interest costs slightly, so it makes it harder for consumers to finance things, and help at the margin ease those pressures. Uh, you know, I think part of this is also beyond the Fed's control. They they don't have an impact on certain commodity prices, uh, those are spurred by some other factors, and therefore some things are out of their control. Uh, To your point about quantitative easing, they are also expected to finish their bond purchases uh, in the first quarter and then will begin, it's anticipated, they'll begin to actually just let those mature and roll off in June. Now, we still don't have details on that, uh, but over time as they don't buy bonds. It'll be interesting to see if that also has an upward pressure on interest rates, which and also, which would also serve to slow the economy and bring inflation back down. So those are the two may, two ways the Fed can influence or at least try to slow down and control inflation.
0: So you, you know, you hear this definition or or this uh, description of inflation: uh, too many dollars chasing too few goods. I hear that a lot, and and I guess that's probably where we see this. Um, you know, reportedly the Fed. Um, um, spent an unprecedented 6 trillion in, in, uh, in, in response to, um, in response to COVID and its impact on the economy, uh, primarily through the, the economic security act known as cares and also the American rescue plan. So with this government spending connect the dots for folks, you know, I, So okay, we hear six trillion. First of all, most of us can't fathom what a trillion is, and you know, so we'll leave that alone for a moment. But six trillion, how how does that kind of connect those dots? If you could, sure, you know, to to put in the the magnitude of what the government did in terms of
1: spending uh, relative to the size of the economy for two years, uh, 2020 and 2021, the government spent. Uh, in terms of stimulus, basically over 10% of the size of the economy, uh, just a staggering number. Uh, and put it together, it's double the response of that happened in 2008 following the great financial crisis. So a wow. tremendous, tremendous response. And that's part of the, what's fueled uh, this this uh, inflation, a uh, big, big, powerful response, uh, which I think the initial round is the right thing to do, and now it's obviously questionable whether the government should have gone that far. But that's you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, uh, but that's where we are. That was just to put into magnitude the amount of spending, and and that doesn't even count it what the Federal Reserve has done in terms of bond purchases, interest rate hikes. That's just a really strong coordinated response.
0: Yeah, I think I, I read that number at four trillion uh, in terms of you know so, I mean, I, so. I, I guess to to kind of wrap this up, you know, systemic versus transitory. Really, there it's combination. Uh, like most things in life, it's it's a little bit of everything.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's both factors at work. Uh, it should come down, but for the meantime, uh, it it will persist uh, because consumers are in good shape. And it hasn't really had that detrimental an impact to the average consumer yet. Uh, But it's, you know, going forward, uh, will it, it very much, it very much could. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see its impact uh, on the economy and in turn on the stock market.
0: All right. Excellent. Excellent analysis there, Anthony. Thank you. Now I'd like to transition into how inflation really impacts, you know, us, right? people living day to day. And, you know, we have bills, we have we have to buy things like food and we have to pay for things like our electricity bill. And heaven forbid, we have to fill our gas tank up because that's that number starts with uh, three three numbers for most of us now. So, yeah. um, you know, let's talk about how inflation impacts really people's wages, their cost of living and and their purchasing power.
1: Sure. So at the margin that inflation is going to erode, purchasing power, and therefore is a negative on consumption, which can weigh on the economy or drag it down. And uh, what we've seen so far, though, is because of that stimulus, because the fact you couldn't spend money during the pandemic for, for a wide range of time, consumer savings went really up. So the consumer really weathered that increase in inflation fairly well. You also have wage gains. Uh, we've seen the strongest wage gains since the early 80s, uh, non-supervisory employees making on average 7%, 7% or more on an annualized basis. Uh, so it's not even, but as it goes into 2022, to me, that's a major question. How long do these sustained inflation increases, the cost of filling up your car, finally weigh on your spending habits? And we are seeing some initial signs that that is being a drag on the economy in 2022. It's an unknown at this point, but at the margin, yes, it does erode purchasing power. And to the extent that your wage gains don't offset it, uh, it could be could be a drag. Uh, so those are the things to watch. It's really it's one of the key developments we're watching for 2022.
0: Speaking of that, you know, my mind goes to okay. Uh, I'm I'm working. I'm saving for retirement. I'm trying to figure. You know, I, I want to make sure that all of this hard work in savings, you know, doesn't ultimately get eroded by inflation. So, you know, one side of, I think the discussion is how does it impact my current living uh, experience? But then the next question is, well, how does it affect my savings for retirement? So talk about that and maybe some, some tools that people can think about and use to, to offset the impact of inflation.
1: Sure, and that's obviously a very common topic in in my world, and how do we invest and protect your purchasing power over time? You know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but stocks are actually the best hedge against inflation over the longer term. In terms of growing your savings and outpacing inflation, stocks have repeatedly been the best solution. Now, the the knee-jerk reaction is I want to own commodities, oil, And yes, there's been spikes in commodities whenever we have had a turn higher in inflation, but it's usually short lived. So when you think about a longer term, five year, 10 year, 15 year plus horizon, which really, that's what you should be thinking of in terms of retirement, then stocks have outperformed commodities. And that's really where the focus should be. If you own bonds, that's more problematic because interest rates are still low, even though they've come up and inflation is going to erode the purchasing power of those bonds. So it is a balance. Bonds still work to protect on the downside, but you really do have to work and think about what's the right mix of bonds versus stocks. And for some clients, uh, the answer is to increase stocks to weather that inflation over time. So from an investor standpoint, thinking longer term, it uh, it errs to the side of making sure you have enough or even maybe more stocks. Despite ongoing market volatility over the longer term, that's the best way to hedge against inflation.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, you know, I guess uh, continued, you would, I'm sure, tell folks that you 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 speak with your clients and others, speak to your investment advisor, have these discussions. Uh, it, you know, it's truth is we haven't thought about inflation for heck, 40 years, uh, <laughs> you know, in any real sense. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, uh, this is the biggest shock since
1: then in 40 years. So, yes, do talk to your financial advisor and, and see what, how your portfolio is
0: positioned and what you could do. So, Anthony, I guess the question is, how much sleep should I lose thinking about inflation and retirement, you know, and and frame this, if you would, if I was 30, 40, 50, uh, and 60? And yeah,
1: no, good question. And uh, my initial, well, my reaction would be don't lose any sleep over it. There are things you can do to, to manage it. And there's also benefits that I think people want not serve benefits, but there's some other aspects to take into account. Uh, if you're you're young, I mean you, can, you start saving and know that you have a really long horizon 10, 20, 30, 40 years to let that savings grow in the stock market and outpace inflation, which stocks have done over the longer term. There are periods they don't, but over the longer term very consistent outperformance relative to inflation. If you're in your 50s, keep doing that, keep staying in stocks, you, you know, stay invested. Uh, be noteful of the amount you have in bonds currently. Uh, If you need to save more, save more to help give yourself a buffer. That's a bit more of a financial planning discussion you can have with an advisor to see if your savings and future uh, inflation might erode that. Uh, But yeah, for the most part, you know, keep doing what you're doing, save more if you need to, but really make sure you've got your investment portfolio built to weather uh, that inflation. The other factors I think you know, people maybe don't know as much as uh, uh, your home. If you own a home, that is a good inherent edge against in inflation. You, you've seen home values rise. And the other part is interest rates are still low. So while costs of some things have gone up, interest rates still make buying many other things uh, relatively affordable.
0: So Anthony, um, let's let's give listeners hopefully a positive to take away uh love to hear your outlook of of kind of what you think the future holds uh i know you've touched on it uh earlier but uh yeah give us kind of a 12 24 36 month uh outlook of what you see happening and uh and and something that our, our listeners can kind of take away sure when i look at
1: longer term you know from an investment standpoint i you know, i don't think the next uh, year or two maybe be as strong as the last 3 which has been very strong despite uh, everything that happened to COVID. Uh, and I do think that inflation may persist longer than people uh, think, but the economy is still growing at a decent rate. People are experiencing wage gains. I mean, for the most part, this is a healthy economy that continues to expand. And I think the resumption of getting back to normal activity during the second quarter of 2022 and beyond may be understated. I, people, are, I think, are ready to get back to their normal lives. So that should be a positive for the economy. Also, don't underestimate the positives. Interest rates are still low, which make buying some big ticket items very affordable. I know houses pricing is very expensive, but still for many items, those low interest rates help. The average consumer, uh, the Fed keeps track on this, the average interest rate or debt burden the consumer has is at a multi-year low. So consumers are in good shape financially. And then at the margin, uh, we will see, we have seen some, Some wage pressures. Uh, You know, over time, I've always said to myself, "Bet on humanity." I I remain optimistic, and I think with all of those uh, factors—low interest rates, a still expanding economy—I think most people will be uh, just fine. Just be prudent about uh, investing and saving for the future.
0: That's some great perspective, Anthony. And uh, I think you've just done a wonderful job uh, sharing your perspective on inflation, the economy, and and savings. So, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, and uh, you're welcome. Enjoy the
0: discussion. That's our show for today. Give us a like. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform.
2: All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research, recommendations, representations, or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements of any information contained in this podcast and any liability from Zion's Bank Corporation N-A or its divisions, including direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. or any of its divisions. Zions Bank Corporation N.A. is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. Investment products are not insured by the FDIC or any federal or state government agency, are not deposits of or obligations of or guaranteed by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. or its affiliates, and may be subject to investment risks, including the possible loss of principal value or amount invested. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constitutional the giving of advice, investment or otherwise, by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. to that listener, nor to constitute such a person a client of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. Copyright reserved by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. National Bank of Arizona is a division of Zions Bank Corporation N.A., member FDIC.